How many? <laughs> One, two. No, <laughs> don't. Just give me like three, two. What's wrong with starting at five? Should I start at three? Right. Dude, you guys are not letting Scott do this. You're just rolling. All right, that's it. All right, ready? <laughs> Four, three, two, one. Welcome to Blood Channel Award episode 121. The emergency episode that we uh, we had to do because we missed some of the biggest news in uh, in not only Overwatch history but gaming history because it's uh, yeah I mean we're talking about the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard which is I think it's, it's the... really an emergency episode though like we're we like three days late if we were responders friend they'd be dead by now yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah well it's emergency it enough. It is. It's a it's a late Sorry, emergency yeah. episode, but we didn't we didn't do one last week because we were doing the top ten main supports. And Scott, you'd be happy to know that you made it into the top fifteen on two of our lists. Um, yeah, uh, I saw Matt also put wins at twelve, so I feel like that yes. invalidates his. I list also had wins on my yes. list alongside you. Okay, so, yes. so really, I was, was on no list. Wins <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, great, great player when you're playing, but wins is on the list for those. So I'm just putting it out there. That there's some wild <laughs> shit going down. Anyway, we uh, let's talk about the big news. Let's just jump straight back into it. Uh, Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard King. Uh, Got to include the King part as well because it's going to be a large portion of what we're talking about when it comes to this as well. But uh, some of the biggest news came out of almost nowhere. I don't think anybody was really expecting this one. Um, somehow, for the first time in the history of Activision Blizzard's um, existence as an organization, they didn't leak something ahead of time. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's it, this one was kept under wraps. But joining the uh, the Xbox teams, you can see this is a like mission statement or whatever the hell it was. Um, but uh, a ridiculously large deal. I think it still needs to be approved as well, so that there's not um, there's laws in place in the US, right? In case of monopolies. Antitrust. Yeah, yes. the antitrust laws. But I feel like the US government just ignores that shit these days. So it's probably well, gonna go they have through. they have blocked some of like recent deals in the past i can't remember what was the most recent one they blocked um but it's realistically it's probably for a much more larger scale than this because activision blizzard king yeah they have a lot of properties but they it's not like where a lot of times when they do antitrust it's because they don't want everyone to just own an entire market and there's yeah. still so many other competitors and also they don't own all the critical infrastructure right now if they were going to be like microsoft is going to buy google they'd be like okay well the fuck no <laughs> but like so yeah i think it'll i think it'll probably go through it sounds like they're very confident it's going through it's, yeah, yeah. So, so antitrust is just like monopoly kind of standard right mm -hmm. where it's like you, you can't just like own all of the things of one area so i i know that they looked into facebook for some time because they were like hey you own facebook instagram and whatsapp like at some point like there's too many popular mobile apps you're owning here in this one space um i don't think they ended up doing something about it um i know that early on like on the dot com uh, dot com boom or whatever microsoft actually did buy a lot of like the biggest popular websites around and bill gates he was like on not on trial but like he did like hearings and stuff about that like why he purchased certain big websites etc so microsoft has been here before uh when it comes to purchasing um other companies that are like sort of competing for um what they're in the business of but yeah it's like i've said like do we really think that like they're going to shut this deal down i don't it would be don't quite funny enough. if they did yeah <laughs> yeah it would be funny it would be just extremely funny announced would, it be would it be funny no, it would, <laughs> but i mean i say it, that it would kind of be i say that in like in a morbid sense of like oh it's it would be so i don't know 
just we just out serve of better brand we don't have to be in this headspace okay like we can be <laughs> optimist and cheerful <laughs> about it we don't have yeah. to look at the morbid side of things <laughs> yeah I, I i don't really know much much more evident that we can really talk about with this other than moving on to talking about like what it actually means for the the whole just the entire ecosystem activision blizzard that we exist in as well because all of us have have been a part of it or are a part of it in some way or form and yeah it's it's definitely an interesting change that's come out of nowhere but one that i'm pretty hopeful for as well um and i guess we can move on to the next topic which is the the activision bling uh, blizzard king Workers Alliance basically put out a, a post saying that they remain committed to change um, within the company itself, which I think is an important note to have because a lot of people's initial reactions to this news was that it immediately meant that better days were coming in terms of the internal culture of the company, which isn't necessarily the case, um, which, I, which I think is important to keep in mind. Like the, the fact that, you know, the, the Workers Alliance is still committed to essentially change within the corporate structure from top to bottom, I think is something that's necessary and good. And uh, yeah, the, the, the fight isn't over yet when it comes to this kind of work that's being done internally, um, it, despite the fact that, that this acquisition is, is currently being made. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things of like, obviously this is one of the very few ways in which i think you could see major leadership changes like within mm -hmm. the company right and like obviously the big news for a lot of people who have been following the activision blizzard stuff is like bobby kotick is probably out i think they're citing like june 2023 right he's gonna get like yeah, a big payday to like, comes through. yeah yeah when he, he's gonna get a big payday and leave and like as much as some people want him held accountable which obviously everyone would love to see that like to move forward as a company i think hopefully like this is a good step forward and that the culture does shift because that's like, I, I feel like it's important that Microsoft with this acquisition is already like in their statement being like, we are going to change the culture. We want to implement, you know, Xbox and Microsoft culture because, you know, they could have just like bought them for all the assets and just be like, we don't really care what's happening in the company, but like they really do. And that's, I think why everyone's really hopeful about like, you know, positive change, not just, you know, within like, you know, the culture and everything, because mm -hmm. we work there, we know that people have been affected by everything that's been happening, but also just like, hopefully, you know, from a video game standpoint, because, you know, we've all played Activision Blizzard games and we know the direction they've gone in the last, I don't know, five years and it hasn't been great. Yeah, I mean, real, I mean, honestly, I feel for this move, uh, it's, like you said, Gusta, it's probably the only thing that is, if there's one thing that could remove the the culture that is currently there, you simply have to just buy it. I, I find it funny that we recently had uh, Microsoft saying, we're going to reevaluate re our partnership with Activision <laughs> Blizzard. And it's like, by purchasing them. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> going to buy them. And we're changing our relationship status. It's like saying that, like, okay, we're friends, but now we're married. So, like, that's, that's, so I do think that's, like, kind of funny in and of itself. But there's really no other way they're going to change the culture, I think, at Blizzard realistically without huge money involved because that's just how the corporate world works. Like, the reality is you need money in some direction moving either out or in to make big changes. And this is probably one of those two cho choices by just mm -hmm. getting a purchase and having an aggressive takeover and removing some of the toxic work environment and people that work there. Yeah, I mean, the way I saw this play out really it's like there were two different ways this could go down uh as it relates to like bobby kodak and the current workers alliance uh strike going on i think they're still on strike as it's for like weeks upon now uh but it's like one of them it's like this thing continues to linger um 
And eventually, like the Activision Blizzard board is like, hey, Bobby, this thing isn't really going away. Uh, you know, maybe it's time, you know, you, you, you step down and maybe we do something about this. But, you know, wh when would that have been? I don't know, maybe like months from now, maybe like if this deal didn't go through, maybe it would have been tomorrow. Who knows? I don't have a timeline for that. And the other option is like now, like, you know, Activision Blizzard actually got bought by Microsoft um, and um, Xbox. And so those were really the two only paths forward I saw us like dealing with this. And, you know, I'm kind of optimistic by uh, Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard because if this deal goes through, Bobby Kotick, there's no official word on it that he's actually going to step away. But, you know, there's a lot of rumors that, you know, when this merger is complete, then Bobby might finally step down. And that means that Microsoft could, you know, do some negotiations with the Workers Alliance and be like, hey, this is the culture we have at our current workplaces. You know, let's talk about what we can do better to improve things on the campus, um, you know, structures. Uh, what are some uh, things we can put in like your contracts to make you feel safer at work and um, make sure that things go right. So uh, whereas, you know, one of the other options would have been like, hey, we got a new CEO or whatever, because Bobby's out and mm -hmm. now we got to figure out all this stuff internally. And that could be something that goes on for like months. Um, I understand that some people are unhappy that the fact that like Bobby gets like a golden parachute now and he's going to get paid if this deal goes through, which, you know, if things are true, probably he doesn't deserve, right? So, um, uh, but regardless, I feel like the, the way this went down, um, it's a good thing for the Workers' Alliance because now they can actually negotiate with someone who actively wants to participate and wants to talk about this kind of stuff and wants to figure out a good culture and make things better in the workplace. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic with how this could potentially go down. Um, but you know, there are some yeah. things that, um, you know, set yourself back with Bobby in this uh, case. Um, yeah. I think you bring up some, some really good points. Price you got to pay. Johnny, honestly, like the, the, the whole idea, like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people annoyed at the fact that it's Bobby's probably going to be getting a big payout off the back of this and this, that, and the other. But the reality is that if the good work wasn't being put in by the Workers' Alliance, and there wasn't the, obviously, all of these issues being brought to light in the first place. I doubt that this deal would even have been on the table for Microsoft. Like, I don't think the Microsoft would even have an opportunity to buy the, uh, the company. It's only because Bobby Kotick has been put into hot water and Activision Blizzard and the surrounding culture of it as well, and how the company, essentially, everything has been put into question recently, that I think that this deal was even something that was put on the table in the first place. And it just so happens that Microsoft is in, they've been in a bit of a buying mood. They've been trying to basically acquire stuff. I mean, essentially for years and years and years, but it's in the gaming space in particular as well, they've been trying to acquire tons of different things like Discord. Um, there was something else that fell through for them as well recently. They but have this so is so many game studios. Yeah, it's yeah kind of a insane. lot of game studios. Um, but overall, this this... Yeah, I think you bring up a great point is that like not the best circumstances if Bobby Kotick were to leave in, in the circumstances here, but it does mean now that the handoff is going to be handled elegantly. There's going to be Microsoft overseeing all of this and they seem on board with the idea of committing to, to change within the company at least. Um, so, I mean, yeah, look at everything. There were some additional own. cons with it, you know, and p people have pointed this out on Twitter that like wh when mergers happen, like who gets a certain role, right? You, because usually like yeah. you have someone in charge of something and then Xbox and Microsoft, they come in with it's like, wait, well, we already have like an employee doing this work. And so like, 
who out of the two members like get this role are there going to be layoffs there are going to be a lot of questions and like some cons that come with this merger as well um but given that like the workers alliance is doing such good work i'm hoping that they can come out on quote unquote the winning side of this uh and actually you know deal with some pretty reasonable terms with microsoft if this merger goes through yeah it, it was it was interesting because there was like a little bit of like back and forth because, you know, obviously we're already starting to see like Bobby versus like, I guess, Activision Blizzard going on with like uh, Bobby came out on an article and said that like he thinks that the reason that the stock price has been so low is because of all the delay of games, because of everything that's been going on, like, you know, company Lamar. side, like with the games. And he's saying like, oh, yeah, it has nothing really to do with like, you know, my misconduct or anything like that when really, you know, if you just like put everything together, I think the sexual misconduct, at least like business side has been the most forward facing. Like you think a lot of these, you know, like Wall Street, all these like businesses give a shit that like World of Warcraft sucks right now. Like not really, like there's a lot of like issues, like very public issues that have been going on with Bobby Kotick. And he's kind of like trying to shift blame right now. And yeah, this is the article well, that uh, yeah, it's, it's all it's all tied in together. The, yeah. the idea of these games being delayed, why do you think they're delayed in the first place? It's because of worker turnover. People are leaving the company because there's no change happening internally. Like, it's all tied together. The fact that he's saying this is a bit of a scapegoat. He's trying to create a, a legacy, it seems like, before his exit. But it's it really does fall upon him and, and the mistakes he's made in terms of managing this company and the uh, whatever approach that he's gone for here. And this is a, a series of tweets here by an, an Overwatch dev. Um, uh, I don't know if Tracy still works for the company or not. I think um, she does, yeah. I believe yeah, she's still, still a producer. Still works for yeah. a producer for on Overwatch. Um, and she, she basically just came out swinging, man. She's dragging Bobby, you know. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting here. If we scroll up to the initial tweet as well where she was saying, um, basically, Bobby's telling the Overwatch dev team to work on random projects they would be doing overtime and then the projects would get cancelled and months of Overwatch 2 dev time would have been lost. I'm just putting in the, the word time there. Um, and entire teams and turning over and citing him as the reason. Which, yeah, again, just shining a light on the, some of the actual reasonings as to why some of these games might be delayed. It's because of poor management internally and not actually handling a lot of the issues that have been brought up whatsoever. Instead of them ignoring them, actively hiding the issues as well, away from, I believe, the board of directors. Is that it? The board of directors? Yeah. Yeah. Like that it, uh, earlier sexual misconduct. Stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's absurd. I mean, his own mistakes really leading to the demise of all of this. So it's... Um, it's a good thing, honestly, that Bobby's leaving. I will say that, regardless of the circumstances, even if he gets a big payout. Listen, I, I, I'm developing a bit of, you know, like the uh, the dissociation with it, where I'm just like, fucking, we just live in a society where billionaires oh. are not going to be punished. Like, yeah, yeah just just it's <laughs> That's acceptance kind of the vibe at this I'm point. On. I'm like, oh fuck the world, you know. It's like how yeah. it is, you know. It's but I I will say as well, like if people are, you know, uh, uh, not scared, <laughs> but like if they're I'm asked. <laughs> trying to fix myself. It happened to Johnny earlier, and then it happened to me. So I just wanted yeah. to make. I was living in a society in that moment. Um, yeah, but but I wanted to say, like, if people are like um, worried about the hesitancy from Activision and Microsoft committing to say that Bobby will definitely leave once the merger is complete, it's not because like they're gonna like debate you and just be like, oh yeah, the merger is complete. And Bobby's staying! Like, that's not <laughs> the reason why they're so hesitant to say it. It's probably because if the antitrust laws 
actually block this merger and bobby is like yeah i'm committed to leaving if the merger goes uh through and then it doesn't happen well then bobby's left there just like well it doesn't happen and i'm still ceo i guess like for him like politically or like you know um being in charge of the company like that doesn't make sense and that's probably the main reason i would speculate anyway as you know, someone who's never really been in charge of running a company or know anything about it. That's probably the reason I would think why they're so hesitant to go through with it. Um, it's because that would leave Bobby in a very uncertain uh, position if the merger were to be blocked and he had committed to leaving. Um, and, you know, so that that's kind of why I could see them not committing to uh, saying Bobby would leave. But it would make sense. Um, also, a huge amount of his compensation package, like they listed out like, the various terms of his contract of like how much money he gets in various situations there could be stipulations that depending on his own actions or words could affect his payout uh so like you have to think mm -hmm. about like the, all the ways that corporate lawyers like when you're working with the amount of money that we're talking about which is like the estimated amount i think if he got his like his best amount essentially was like 370 million dollars or something yeah um it's a huge sum of money so when you're working with that much money i'm sure it's also best to just shut the fuck up and just like just let it happen because like you never know what you could say could potentially affect the outcome and like how like the other party could use that against you or things like that when you're working with this amount of money because i'm sure as hell they don't want to pay out 370 million dollars uh so well, it's like pretty big there i think it's it's also a big thing of it's not like he, they're just like giving him 370 million as well like i don't understand like business or like any of this like stock option stuff or whatever but like he has been like the CEO of the company for like 30 years, this is like accrued over a very long time. And this is like kind of his exit. So it's like, I don't think you can avoid this kind of payout. There's no like, oh, we know Bobby to go down without it. Other like, so the, there was like four different packages listed that someone had posted. I wish I had the article on hand of what it should be yeah. like, essentially his, his compensation for like his golden parachute could be as low depending on like, if he was fired like for cause essentially, like if he was removed from the company for a reason, uh, which is pretty standard for a lot of contracts. Like you have a different for cause and then a not for cause like reason yeah. for X in the contract. He would get, he would still get a lot of money, but it was like $30 million. Oh, really? I didn't think so it would. That as is opposed the variance, right? to like, if he was removed, like for, for like a, I think the specific thing for the, like the 300 something million was like a corporate takeover where they then removed him. It was like an ridiculous amount of money, like the 300 plus million. Like, I wish I could find the actual. 293 uh, million. Oh, there it is. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of like i feel like these situations where if there's something like this happening there's probably a reason for him to be quiet as well for just a financial reason for himself to like prevent any sort of issues with him potentially getting his compensation package mm -hmm. yeah it's also uh, the um sorry ben yeah no go ahead the, the um like it says there like uh the the deal is isn't expected to close until microsoft next fiscal year which ends in mid 2023 which is like you know that's like 15 16 months away so you know we're, we're long away from this story being over and bobby kodak's role in it and you know uh what it's actually going to look like once the merger is finally complete i mean the lawsuit has been out for like or uh, the lawsuit was filed like six months ago five and a half months ago or something like that right and we got 15 more months to go so this story is far from over so we, we can't really make any assessments of yeah kodak's payout if this merge is to be complete because like we we don't know how this is going to develop from here 
Yeah, still early. I days. also wonder too. You know, we didn't talk about it too much, but isn't it ridiculous? Like heinously ridiculous that the CEO of this huge multi-billion-dollar company was literally day-to-day overseeing a dev team of one of his games and telling them what to do. Is that, that not is, like an inherently ridiculous statement? That is ridiculous, yeah. I mean, that is absolutely absurd. And also, I just don't understand the justification and reasoning for it. Like, what, yeah. what reasoning would you have to even be hands-on in that capacity? And also, yeah, yeah I mean, I just, it, it would do no good. It's like you're actively trying to sabotage the company internally. Like, I mean, you're just bored, right? Like, if, you, if, you, if your net worth is like a billion dollars, like, you're probably <laughs> bored and you're just like... I bet it's just a gaming company. I guess you just stroll around the campus, you know? I I see some of the sports team owners, like, they're just like, hey, uh, you know, I I, I made my living through, you know, doing internet shit in, like, 2001, and now I'm going to go into the NBA and just tell them how it is. I'm going to tell them how the basket player do their things and tell them what players to get, you know? Because I guess that's what billionaires do but i, I feel mean, like that's not a board it, thing that's just a control freak thing i think it's I mean, legitimately seen, they just have, have, they have to be in charge the quotes that came out about bobby goddick the man is a sociopath like yeah, yeah. he literally said over the phone to somebody i will end you the man is tapped he's he's gone like it, it doesn't surprise me that he's that he's so hard, hands-on about this but board was a terrible charity <laughs> yeah. i think he, i think he just is a control freak and is like dude these stupid devs they we need to add something else because i know it because i'm bobby yeah. kodak i know what's best yeah it's uh let's let's move on to talking about the the meat and potatoes of this weird episode that we've done that's yeah, it's uh, how is it going to be affecting Overwatch 2 and the Overwatch League is a big question for us because this is what the podcast centered around Overwatch. Um, and that's the question on all of Sometimes. our minds. Uh, I'll, I'll sub- like the context of this as well is that when Microsoft were looking to buy Activision Blizzard King, the big reason for it, I think the number one when it comes to the actual the gaming content comes from the King side of the company, which is the mobile game sector. Microsoft suck when it comes to breaking into the mobile game sector the mobile sector like they they have historically been terrible at it and so this is a big acquisition for them to essentially enter that gaming market and i think in articles they've said that basically it's just going to give them so you can see actually the headline underneath the sorry underneath the headline um the video game industry's greatest market is mobile microsoft aspires to fight against android and apple they're trying to skirt around and find basically more ways that they can get around the app store Fees, you know, trying to skirt around some of these, uh, some of the fees and the app store and whatnot, and they're, do, they're trying to do this by basically getting games that are big enough and develop games that will be big enough that people will go out of their way to um, download them, not through the app store. Um, and yeah, and, and another big reason as well that was quoted is, of course, the Xbox Cloud Gaming, like the Xbox Game Pass as well. Anything to add more titles to the Xbox Game Pass, they've been heavily, heavily, heavily pushing um, that as a concept, like the subscription model where you get games, um, whatever is on a monthly basis, um, which they see as the future of gaming um, at this point as well. And it makes complete sense why they'd want to acquire as many studios as possible to try and essentially make that an attractive option um, in the first place. So uh, that begs the question as well, how will this affect Overwatch 2 and OWL? Because on the surface, it seems like all of their focus comes directly opposite of anything involving esports, because let's face it, esports is a very, very small chunk of the pie when it comes to the larger gaming world. And um, for Overwatch 2 as well, 
obviously there's gonna they're gonna be eyeing up the Overwatch IP quite nicely. Um, but it's it, from my mind, I don't think it's gonna be affecting either of these two things too much. I don't know if you guys have a differing of opinions. I. I, I kind of like agree with you, Bren. Like, I don't think they're going to come in and just start like willy nilly, like axing everything. Like the only thing that I could ever see them like that would like heavily affect us would be them coming in and just being like, this league is like not financially viable or like, cause we've seen so many iterations of the league at this point, like so many different yeah. looks like maybe for Overwatch 2, when they come in, like there is a massive change to the format of how, how the league functions. Maybe they'll also come in and they just don't care and it'll just keep running as it is. And like, business as usual so like i'm cautiously optimistic as you said like i'm i feel like this acquisition as long as they're not coming into like control too much it should hopefully be a good thing for us uh maybe we'll get you know, more budget maybe we won't maybe we'll get anything like it's so early for anything to really know if it's going to be net positive um for me the funny thing like game related that like a lot of people have brought up that like is realistic is like is it going to be exclusive from away from the playstation because mm. of xbox are they going to not allow overwatch to on playstation i'm like probably not right like you would doubt they well, would i think they would run into issues with that because they promised that overwatch 2 would be if you owned overwatch 1 you could play the pvp and it would all be ported to overwatch 2 yeah. so unless they meant unless they made it so that you couldn't purchase overwatch 2 on a ps5 or ps4 or whatever I don't think that would be the case because also you got to think about the development time of where all the developers have been working on making sure it works on the PlayStation systems this entire time. You're just going to throw out a development time. I mean, there's precedent for it, apparently, where the devs will be working on projects and throwing away their time. So maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, I feel like, you know, if the merger is to be com complete roughly around like the mid-year of 2023, I don't think you can like develop with the expectation that it's not going to be on PlayStation. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Overwatch development team are like, well, or well, even the higher-ups, you know, in the higher-ups of the team itself, it's like, we have to develop Overwatch 2 with the philosophy that, like, it's still going on to PlayStation because we don't know if this merger is going through. We don't know the philosophies of Microsoft and Activision. And so I, 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 I don't really see that happening it being exclusive to xbox and not being on playstation because like we're so far away um that i i don't really see that as a viable approach for the development team yeah you see kurt highlighting that it's not a competitor to nintendo or sony which obviously like that's their stated purpose is to not be like a competitor with this acquisition but obviously who knows right there's you can never really know what's going to happen until it happens right there's like a million things of people reversing course on all sorts of things there's you know like if you've ever there's a couple games of mine that i've bat that or i know friends that have backed on kickstarter right and they said we're not going to go epic exclusive you're back on kickstarter they go epic exclusive right like you really don't know what the decision is going to be until the financials for a company works out financial on the side like this mm -hmm. is maybe the better decision right I, so you actually have no idea depending on the state of overwatch currently overwatch 2 currently who knows maybe there's such an alpha build they could just easily develop it like who knows what the state of it is right like how far along they're in to a point where like they could easily swap it over to just being exclusive being not exclusive like we really have no idea about the other cons of it i i find it interesting too for beyond just the game stuff but also more in the league is that a lot of times, I think a lot of people are thinking like it's a binary choice of like, oh, they're either going to scrap the league or leave it the same or maybe like give it more money. But the re they also run HCS currently. Microsoft is very involved with HCS, which if you don't know, is like the Halo competitive series, which is their new competitive series they partnered with a bunch of orgs with. 
and they've been running tournaments out of and they're working with like esports engine to run those but it yeah, is still yeah. like a semi-franchise league that halo that microsoft themselves are part of and they brought in assets for the teams and such so i wouldn't be surprised either if they do actually care about overwatch league at all for them to just instead of with the league might will still exist potentially but will not be the league that we currently expect it it could be like we could go to like an hcs style model where it's like semi-open tournament like they could change up how everything works like there is no guarantee that the league would even necessarily if it does exist in the same form it could entirely I've, change their roots so i've seen some comments from people saying that they some people hoping um, that it moves away from the league format and goes to an open format where we have third-party tournaments. I completely disagree with that because you have essentially built the, the foundation of the Overwatch esports ecosystem off of the league format. To, to switch to third-party tournaments requires a tr not, it requires an immense amount of work and goodwill with outside companies to run your events. And Overwatch burnt that a long time ago. And the the games esports i don't think would justify other companies trying to run outside events with with the viewership that it gets unless overwatch 2 absolutely bangs like well that i mean that would be the reset right is that yeah. you're it's they're no longer working with blizzard anymore they're working with microsoft like yeah. it's microsoft running the show it's a but new it's game still, coming out so. it's still microsoft to the parent company and when it comes to the budgeting and things and how they work it out that still goes through activision blizzard like in terms of how much they they want to allocate, and the same as that, Overwatch League is a pair, is underneath um, Activision Blizzard as a company. Like it, the the way the budgeting works out is all relatively separate. As as somebody who works just has worked inside this ecosystem and like seen on the one hand influencers getting paid and flown out to the grand finals events and on the other hand seeing talent not get flown out that worked the entire season on the grand finals. The way that these budgets work, they don't mix sometimes. They just don't mix and they don't cross like that. Like the budgets are decided a long time ago for the set company for a set purpose. Um, it's so there's, there's a world where, yes, Microsoft acquire it and they are doing these good things with HCS, but that's been a work in progress for a long time. They might, they might come in and, and look at this and yeah, who knows what, what might end up happening as well. I, I feel like. Best case scenario is that they, they learn from the lessons of HCS and, and obviously support the Overwatch ecosystem in the same in the same and similar way to Halo, which is understanding, you know, where it's at and, and building upon it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty optimistic, honestly, about the Overwatch League considering this news because, I mean, I don't, I don't know how these mergers kind of works, but I don't think you can just make like major company shifting decisions like during the merger, because essentially like Microsoft and Xbox, they come in with the expectation that some things are going to happen. Like Diablo 4 is at some point going to be released. Overwatch 2 is at some point going to be released. And as it relates to the Overwatch League, I don't think... <laughs> Damn it, Costa. I don't think. I mean, I mean, I yeah, think, I'm just saying it's been a while now. Point, <laughs> at some point, at some point, it's a long time. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah. But right, right. I don't think, I don't think Blizzard could just be like, uh, yeah, we're discussing a merger with Microsoft, and also uh, the Overwatch League is done, and we're cutting it, and it doesn't exist anymore. Because Microsoft, to some level, they probably have expectation that like Overwatch League thing is it, it, it's something we're buying. It's infrastructure we're buying, and like, um, there's a lot of assets there that we, you know account for valuation of the company and so mm -hmm. that means that overwatch league you know it's 
it's gonna happen in 2022. <laughs> 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 I think as well, the Overwatch League from I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, sorry, continue. It, it, and it's probably going to happen in 2023, right? Because like, uh, as I just said, like with the acquisition not happening or the merger happening until like mid 2023, that would be like one of those big decisions where it's like, we're still, you know, writing out the details and figuring out the details regarding the merger. And then they would, um, you know, change the yeah. Overwatch League or like remove the entire ecosystem or do some, like a major decision like that during the merger before it's finalized. And that's why I don't think it's very likely that the Overwatch League would be, uh, this would be the last upcoming season for the Overwatch League. So the earliest, this would be like 2024 in my eyes where it would like make sense for them to make like a big overhaul like once the merger is complete if it happens um and there's like half a year i guess from like mid 2023 to the end of 2024 where uh microsoft could come in and be like hey we want uh, like halo esports we want the overwatch league or we want whatever uh so that's the first point why i don't see like overwatch league changing in the next couple of years the other point is like we we've sort of had like the Black Swan scenario already with the Overwatch League during COVID. Like 2020 was probably as bad as it gets for the Overwatch League. Like yeah. that year was an absolute shit show. We, we were just stuck at home. We had online games and all these teams like on YouTube. YouTube, yeah, yeah that as well. Hey man, YouTube, they do some good things. They do some good things, Costa. You know, we can't just can't just. They did well, some good things. Like, I'm glad. Yeah, but I'm glad that this show, okay? You know, um, but I think 2020 was like a really bad year for the league because it really set the league back in many ways. But we survived that to some degrees. Um, I think that. If you compare Overwatch League 2018, 2019, like, oh my God, we got a fucking stadium or not a stadium, like an arena in Burbank. And, you know, we got all this uh, uh, production equipment. We got like cameras. We're like, we're hiring all these freelancers to come in and all like, they're like camera operators. They like take mm -hmm. care of the, uh, we, we had actually like, we sold tickets to people who came in there regularly. People working like, you know, selling drinks and like a merch store. Um, and like we they were in 2020 as well at the early homestands, but true. But like the point I'm saying is like the budget for those couple of years early on was like massive. Like it, it like it yeah. was way bigger than like 2020 or even like 2021 where we did things online and like most people stay at home and like we got green screens. Like we didn't even have a studio for talent in 2021. And so obviously like the budget and like how much the league costs have like gone drastically down since 2018, 2019 to 2020 and 2021. And so to some degree, I, I think that with the costs minimized so much for online play and revenue, hopefully kind of, you know, staying the same. I feel like we've kind of had the worst case scenario already with the league. God damn it. I'm into the matrix. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, and so I I, I feel like sustainably, I feel like the Overwatch League for uh, costs and revenue kind of calculation, we're all, we're, we're doing pretty all right, I suppose. So um, yeah. this was 2021. I don't know. I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic about it. God, yeah, you can see how depressed I am because I'm just I just didn't shave. Can you believe that you guys <laughs> aren't in up. the same room together? Can you even believe we, it? God damn, an entire season, we just didn't, we were literally six feet apart 
and we could not cast in the same room the entire yeah. season. See, I from my perspective, 2021 was the worst season that the Overwatch League has been in for a variety of reasons. We lost sponsors. A bunch of other esports were moving to in-person events, um, and Overwatch League tried to, but obviously prioritizing player health, which is always the right move, I think. They didn't want to run in-person events, but what it left... The kind of feeling I, I felt like was we, we came off the back of the grand finals and all around us were other esports titles that were hosting huge in-person events or just LAN events in general um, around that time. And it, it felt like there was a big, um, a big gap for me. The entire reason we're, we're bringing up this as well, <clears throat> talking about, talking about the- John, in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks I like mean, a bunch of just... angels doing a desk in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've died of us and you're here in the Overwatch League. <laughs> the ladder up to the desk was huge, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> the entire reason we're bringing this up as well is because um, it's just been a recent talking point where people are talking about 2022 as the final year to leave because Doa posted a tweet about it. Um, I don't know what news or information Doa was going off with this, but I can only imagine it was something relating to the partnership deals, which is the YouTube deal was three years and 2022 will be the final year of that YouTube deal. And after that point, it is up in the air in terms of what happens to the future of it. Is there going to be a media rights deal secured? Because at the moment, it doesn't look ideal. Like it's not attractive, I think, to a company to want to um, purchase the Overwatch League currently with the situation that was going on right now with Activision Blizzard. All the sponsors are either, you know, essentially just kind of distancing themselves from Activision Blizzard, or if they are returning, it's because they have some sort of tie to Activision Blizzard, like Coca-Cola, Bobby Kotick on the board of directors. And it's, it, we're in a weird situation, I think, moving into past 2022. But this is exactly the point I wanted to bounce off of and provide the context for, which is that if there's anything that this Microsoft acquisition does, it's that if they come out and say, we are going to change the culture of this company, it makes it way more attractive for sponsors to return back to Activision Blizzard, including the Overwatch League. It makes it a much more attractive option. It creates more streams of revenue um, back to where it was previously. And there is actually hope for the future moving past 2023, 2024, what you were saying, Johnny, as well. So I just wanted to add a bit of weight to that argument by kind of pointing out why people are so doom and gloom at the moment but but i mean at the end of the day this deal might do something to offset that i i also think it's important as well as like change is not necessarily bad right like i think we remember when the overwatch league was made it was built in the understanding that the like homestand model would exist and i think obviously with covid has like really like sort of kicked that down and now it's just like bleeding on the floor and it's never really going to get back up but like if you're going into overwatch 2 you have a new parent company if there was ever going to be a time in which you heavily change the format how the league functions then hopefully this would be then because like i don't even know if going back to a homestand model like at least like permanent homestand model like was envisioned in 2020 is the best thing for the league you know yeah. i think there's so many other esports that are like not just like they're not even doing like independent tournaments like you're just only running out of like dream hacks and stuff like that but having like a circuit like a regional circuit maybe could be good for overwatch especially with how successful it is in multiple regions like china korea europe like north america like overwatch does have good prominence and if overwatch 2 is successful they could easily move into a different direction whether I, or not I that's possible with the current setup i don't know Sorry, Costa. I think that's the biggest point you just made there as well. If Overwatch 2 is successful, mm -hmm. because once this merger has been completed in mid-2023, 
hopefully overwatch 2 is out like we have a better idea you know we'd have a better idea of like how successful the game is and at that point you could make like a value-based judgment of like how should we invest in overwatch esports and what is the best model for the game so it, it depends a lot on how how successful overwatch 2 mm -hmm. um would be so everything is very I mean, contingent on that point core argument for everything right is how because, I mean, let's be real. We spent 90% of the problems with the ecosystem are based around the game. It's not based around the league. It's the game. Yeah. It's like yeah. where we've, it's just, it's the, it's an issue with the game. The game is just, it's just not a cultural zeitgeist anymore. It doesn't get updates. It doesn't get content. It's been stuck in essentially what appears to be Duke Nukem esque development hell, though not quite, because we still have another like eight years to go before we reach Duke, Duke, Duke Nukem levels. But like, <laughs> It's just like that is, it's that's such a reference. I mean, like yeah, that's like I mean, but you know, a 2010 crazy. reference from gaming history. <laughs> I just, I just like, felt, I just felt like when I'm thinking of development hell, that's like the game. That's yeah, like I mean, it game. hasn't even crossed my mind in eons. I, I think I was playing Modern Warfare 2 when that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's about how long it took it to get made too. Yeah. so it's like and that might be overwatch 2 for all we know but who knows like hopefully it, it could be a mobile game because microsoft specifically stated that oh, a huge person like you talked about is getting into the mobile gaming yeah. industry a lot more um we could have overwatch 2 on mobile like i don't know exactly like what's gonna be on there i also find it interesting when we talk about the league's health too and this is actually one of these uh monkeys paw wishes right it's like i wish to remove bobby kotick okay monkeys paw curls bobby kotick is one of the largest proponents of the overwatch league within the ecosystem goodbye bobby <laughs> oh yeah so like that's the other thing too bob like that's what a lot of people don't realize that bobby kodak was kind of the mastermind originally of like the idea of the overwatch league he was a huge yeah. proponent of pushing it forward in its current franchise league system he was the one that got all of his rich old buddies to be involved he was like it was bobby kodak pushing a lot of this forward what happens if Bobby Kotick's gone and there's no one there that really wants this to succeed anymore? There's already like three people working on the Overwatch League now. Everyone's gone from the league and the behind the scenes. I don't know if anyone knows that on the public, but I've, there's just an announcement after announcement after announcement. So like, what happens? Like, what goes on if we have a lose a huge person that was in charge of like a lot of money? Yeah. Big, big question marks, I think, for the future. Largely, though, so what, what's the general consensus that everybody's feeling? For me personally, I, I think that it's largely going to be positive, uh, but but in terms of the topic, how does it affect Overwatch 2 and OWL? I think the Overwatch esports ecosystem is what I'm referring to when I talk about OWL. Even if, like you said, the change happens, change isn't necessarily bad. It's it's just the way it's done as well. That's 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 how. That's really where I'm left feeling. But Microsoft have been shown in the past to support esports titles, and and I think they treat it as a marketing arm for a lot of their games as well. When when they're kind of thinking about it, so I think it's largely going to be positive. Yeah, I I, I agree with like what Johnny said like uh, about it. Like it's like it really doesn't matter if Overwatch Two isn't a good game. It Overwatch League's on the decline regardless. So like Overwatch Two really needs to breathe new life into whatever the esports is going to look like, regardless of like if it's going to be a league where there's going to be anything. Maybe it's like even um like you know they pull out a lot of like the funding and it becomes an independent thing again. Like if Overwatch Two isn't a great esport, then it doesn't matter. We're on a downwards decline anyway. So it's like it's really about just like hoping that the game is good and that it can keep and that when it does come out, it also just keeps getting balance updates because that's what keeps esports alive is that they just keep releasing content that makes people makes it interesting Games makes it service. worth watching makes, yeah making it worth playing yeah. and that's what we're missing right now like we haven't had a major update or major pvp change since like 
May 2020, I believe it was, or something like that. So we're going like almost 20 months without having anything changed in our game. And it's like, well, of course, people are bored and don't like the game. Almost two years. Almost two years since Echo came out. Echo was the last PvP change to be made. Obviously, there's been some very minor balance changes, but no no drastic changes. Jake is doing an experimental card. Yeah, that's Jake kind is of cool. Jake is doing an experimental card. He is. Yeah, yeah that's kind is. of cool. It's so the, he's the, doing the, the DPS here. The yeah, the I, DPS I mean, I don't think thing. I, I'm so glad we get to peer into the mechanisms of Jake's mind when it comes to the balance of Overwatch, <laughs> man. This is, this is going to be very is about funny. To be busted. I, yeah. I, I yeah. have Jake on. is going to make Doomfist busted. Jake, Jake has got like, some ideas. I, I, I mean, literally, living in the same house as him, many, many a conversation about the balance of Overwatch and... Yeah, the guy's got some, uh, some, I mean, he's, listen, Jake is like a, he's like an old source head trapped in a young body, you know, because he comes on a source <laughs> games and he's yeah. just got these, he's got these ideas and attitudes that you normally hear from 30 year old quake boomers sometimes. So it's, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one. He's going to make bunny hop like a thing, you know, mechanics. Pharaoh's going to be rocket jumping like in TF2. It's yeah. uh, yes. going to be some crazy <laughs> shit going on there. So yeah, I think I think it's cool. I think overall, also my idea of like the league changing is not like very likely because also what do you like if you go back to an endemic roots without doing like a very weird hybrid franchise model? How the fuck do you work out with the current teams with like they've created entire separate entities within the organizations? Like yes, the Florida Mayhem, the Boston Uprising, etc. The whole point of being in a franchise league model, like do you just throw away all your branding and work you put into these 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 actual brands now? Like no. The brands have to like either exist or the league's dead, right? It's one or the other because you're not going to throw away all the work and money you put into creating these brands, um, because that would be nonsensical. So I do think I do think probably something is going to be. It's probably going to be fine. Like I don't think it get worse. You know, mm -hmm. like I simply don't think it could get worse. <laughs> that's the that's really moving off of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's literally it that's that's what i'm basing off of like the the worst case scenario is the league dies but honestly it could open the way like i'm gonna be honest i don't think the death of the league is a bad thing i'm gonna say it if we go into overwatch 2 and the league's dead and we move to like an endemic model yeah okay sure right like fine like it potentially starts a more sustainable start like it's like and also microsoft could potentially be willing to just be like here's i'm gonna cut you checks team owners i'm just cutting you checks for buying in the overwatch league here you go here's your money back we're just hands off the league's dead right and honestly i don't even hate that i literally don't even hate that i know i don't i don't care i actually don't like moving to overwatch 2 it's easy to say though when you're 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 but, but i mean but i'm actually saying from a sustainable ecosystem standpoint we're going into a new game microsoft the biggest complaint here is like if the league were to die the team owners would lose i mean obviously there's all, all sorts of other contributing factors right but mm -hmm. if overwatch esports just continues to exist there's still going to be work for people that work in overwatch esports and the team owners then could get their money back for the league because microsoft like what is fucking what's 20 million dollars for a couple teams for microsoft that's why why would they give them their money back yeah, surely there's like an expiry date, like not like as much of like a I'm just, on this date I, your money is useless, but like surely there's like a contractual end to where like at some point it's like it's reasonable for the league to just sort of like non-exist anymore yeah, and I the mean, investment is possible. a loss, right? That's yeah. also like, possible. But I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm simply saying the fact that I don't think like the death of the league heading to Overwatch 2 is necessarily the worst thing ever in the world because you could always what better time to restart the system than at the start of overwatch 2 
Yeah, I, I would so just... So I actually agree with you, but it's now the time. Like, the, now, I think, is the suboptimal time to just I'm not, drastically But I'm not talking about 2022. It's obviously everything not that Overwatch Esports is about. Though. It's just like, you know, it would have been the worst thing. Like, we're, we're, we're in such a tumultuous time within the company and Overwatch itself with Overwatch 2 on the horizon that now or... I, I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna happen now. I don't think it's gonna happen idea. in this upcoming year though. It's it's the the gears already in motion for 2022. You can't stop yeah. 2022. That's gonna happen. I'm simply talking beyond 2022. Yeah, like, I, I agree because we don't even know if we're gonna have Overwatch 2 for 2022. We don't even know. Yeah, I mean, so they it said doesn't... it's going to be on Overwatch 2. So they it's said gonna be, so. <laughs> it's going to be well, in some I mean, way or form. If it's not, I mean, it, it's it's done. It I'm, could be. Over. It's over. Yeah, yeah. It's like, done. I'm 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 moving to I don't know Indonesia. I'm becoming a surf instructor. <laughs> The plan that I enacted years ago is in motion, <laughs> if that's the SCA case. SCA Dora 2 caster, Brent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I, yeah. I, like, I just wanted to like jump in, because like, if Overwatch 2 comes out, there's never a better time to do a massive format change than when like for Overwatch 2 comes out, you know, like because everyone's used to the current format for where we are in Overwatch 1, and I agree, you can't change it right now. Like, that doesn't make sense. But with a massive launch of Overwatch 2, massive company change, I think that is the best time to do these like long sweeping like strokes and like just being like, I right, we're just gonna get rid of the entire idea of like home based franchise and we're gonna go back to like a more regional model that is like sustainable and doesn't have to deal with like on a global travel as much as things. And there's like, I think we can all agree the current system that the league is working where you have an international worldwide league is unsustainable in long term and there's going to be so many issues and hiccups that come across the way you're better off doing it like it does you know in league of legends and you know valorant where they you play within your region for a long time and then you travel multiple times yeah, a year like and that's one, it technically that is what one, our two, system three is events. yeah Isn't but it's, technically what our system is is the league system right now in fact i think this is the better of the system is essentially we've regionalized it currently it's just we don't have enough teams in asia that's yeah, the biggest and, problem we but just that's don't what have enough i'm saying in is, europe you you put more money because like already like the the korean contender scene does really well like they function on their own same with chinese like you you can make it work quite easily and put more resources into that and then sort of build up those regions because right now the league is very um i guess north american orientated like with like how it's all built and like run so it's like i think you could easily make something like that's better because i think right now the franchising model has proven in the last four years we've been through so many iterations of what it could be as much as I think this right now is, you know, going into 2022, what we did in 2021 is the best idea for it. It's like, is that perfect? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's pretty dysfunctional because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, I agree. And the, like, I, I get, I, I don't even like the regionalizing. Like, I, I think it's half-assing like a kind of uh, ecosystem um, and it's not perfect as I've asked or because I said, like, I, I, I think we still we're still an iteration away of the best way the league could operate, but we probably need to get rid of COVID. Um, and, you know, who knows when that's going to be before that actually happens. So we're, we're shot, in a bit brother. of a tough spot as it stands already. Um, wrapping this up, I guess, I'll try to be brief here, but I'm, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic about this because I don't think there's going to be any big meaningful, meaningful change for the next two years while this merger is processing because I don't, you know, 2022 is probably going to go through with it. 2023, I don't think they're going to make any big uh, overarching changes to the Overwatch esports ecosystem uh, when the merger is being finalized by, you know, quarter one, quarter two of next year. So I don't think, you know, there's going to be any big meaningful change by then. I think Microsoft and Xbox 
if they were like to be asked by Blizzard, like, hey, what do you want to do with the Overwatch League? They'd probably be like, well, let's finalize the merger, then have our guys look at it, and then maybe change things for 2024. And by then, um, we would have way more info about Overwatch 2. Hopefully, it's released by then. Uh, <laughs> I like that. 2024. That's like knocking on wood at this point. Just like, like 2024. Come on. Look, I'm not taking anything for granted anymore, I've asked. But I'm just saying we'll have so much more info by the time the merger finalizes, if it does, that I think at that point, you know, we'll have a better idea of what to do with the Overwatch League. And this is not what I want to happen. This is what I think will happen. So I think the next two years will probably be pretty static. Not a lot will change um, internally. And then we'll figure out if the merger is complete what um, Xbox and Microsoft wants to do with Overwatch. Mm -hmm. Well, fingers crossed for a a hopeful, whimsical future for all of us involving Overwatch. A future where Overwatch is out in 2022. Huh? I don't really want whimsical, Ren. I just, I the just. The world needs whimsy. The world does need whimsy. Yeah, we all need to be a bit more whimsical. I think. Getting That's too the Overwatch down new tagline dumps. when it releases in 2025. <laughs> the world needs whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's going to be a positive um, change overall. Or, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's early days yet. Um, let's move on. The final topic of this emergency episode. It's not quite an emergency episode because we recorded it four days later, but it's Brent's Player of the Week. <laughs> this this is a, this is a very special Brent's Player of the Week. It's uh, it's going to be awarded to to someone who passed away uh, recently, and it is going to go to. I need to pull it up on my phone as well, Kurt. Or you can or you can pull it up yourself as well. Um, as well, the Brent's Player of the Week this week is going to Magawa the Land Sniffing Hero Rat. Died at aged eight. Um, rest in peace, Magawa. Uh, this is a rat that was trained to sniff landmines and was one of the best rats that has ever been trained at detecting landmines. And they saved countless amounts of lives and uh, prevented countless amounts of tragedies as well. Um, the, you know, the rat passed away peacefully, but it sniffed out over a hundred landmines and other explosives in Cambodia, and, the, and the, the way it works is the rats are trained on it. Rats are quite intelligent creatures as well, and they're light enough that they can walk onto the landmines and they won't detonate them. And they found countless and countless amounts of them. But uh, yeah, unfortunately passed away, but the legacy will live on with countless lives saved. So that's my player of the week this week, Magawa, the landmine sniffing rat. That is, uh, also, I do love that they gave a scale mod, like, like metal yeah. for the rat. Scale like, to the rat. It was scaled down yep. for the rat. Like that's pretty good. That's pretty. That's a very. You know what? I'm I'm cool with this player of the week. I think it's. Thank a, you. I think it's a. Yeah. How long yeah. do rats normally live for? Is eight a long time? I think so. Like, I mean, it is. Yeah, Magawa had quite long an active life. Rats. You know, a yeah. I mean, also Magawa is in a high service. risk field of work for a rat too. Exactly. Like yeah. that's. A, I mean, there's not very many rats doing that. What? Business, Brown so. rat, two years. Black rat, twelve months. Holy shit, Magawa was on Eternals of rats. Magawa was like rats. For millennia. It has Pet so rats may live six to seven years. Okay. Uh, what? I think Magawa was a. It was a different um, breed of rat. The African giant pouch rat. African. That just Giant like a small kangaroo pouched rat. What but, is the lifespan of these animals? So well, pouch. I mean, you could argue. Uh, well, technically, kangaroos are marsupials, though, not rats, right? What's so. a marsupial? It's so a giant, giant. Uh, wait, 
I'm looking at something completely different. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's around seven years. So, That's did exceed the, yeah. the, the average yeah, lifespan, you know? Yeah, I mean, this thing was like, it, that's why it was so good. It just had a ridiculous amount of knowledge. It had more experience than every other rat in the field. This yeah. is who you call. The oldest rat ever was named Rodney and lived past seven years old. The oldest rat ever on record was a pet named Rodney who lived seven years and four months. Do you know what's but crazy? Just, world records. As well, the date. Is that, did you know that rats are far cheaper to train than mind-detecting dogs? A rat requires $7,300 for nine months of training, whereas a dog costs about $25,000. Well, I mean, I would imagine a rat also just eats less food. Yeah. I'll do it. That would yeah. probably eats less food, but also, you know, their, their, their noses are highly developed. They have a very good sense of smell. So we're all learning something today. But yeah, that's going to wrap the episode up. Thanks for watching Plat Chat Overwatch episode 121. Um, leave a comment for what your favorite marsupial fact is. And uh, I'll be sure to uh, read a lot of them and intake the knowledge into my head, and it'll, it'll probably have like a, a half-life of about a year in my brain before it leaves for more information. But yeah, follow the Twitter as well. Thank you, uh, Custer, for joining us as well on this episode as well, because uh, obviously, you know, Josh is off meeting the Queen and stuff, I think. I don't really know what he's doing. He's in the UK doing something else. But yeah, thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you... What's the next thing we're doing? We're doing a, is it a Flex Support episode? Yeah. Flex, the, yes. fl the top 10 flex supports we'll be doing. Cast it into someone's list again. He could be on that list. could be making two lists. Two lists. I know you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you then. Peace.